Take your Bible tonight and turn into the book of Luke. We're going to the book of Luke. And uh, let's go to the 24th chapter, the last chapter of the book of Luke. I believe I read this a few weeks ago, looked at it and preached on similar to the same line of where I am tonight. But I want to look at something different. I pray that God might help us. I pray that the will of God might be done in your heart and my life. In our nation, our nation needs prayer. And uh, it's getting worse. And I realize that tonight it ain't getting better. I don't know where I mentioned this last Wednesday night or Sunday morning or Sunday night. But I said last week that California in 2020, uh, 2035 said there's not going to be able to buy any new gasoline vehicles. It did say if you had them up till then, you, you continue to keep them. But uh, they're not going to manufacture any more gasoline vehicles. It's all going to be electric. And then, I don't know whether you notice this or not, but today they come out and said that California is asking everybody to avoid charging their cars as much as they can to save on the electric bills and the electric grid. And then they said uh, that as to conserve electricity. Now something's going wrong in Haywire when that's happening. They also said to set the thermostats to 78 degrees or higher to conserve electricity, and to turn off all unnecessary lights. Amen. And just use your major appliances uh, before 4 p.m. That's what they said today. Amen. So if we're going in the right direction, I don't like that direction. Amen. And uh, so it's strange. When Washington says everything's okay, it's time uh, to be concerned. Amen. All right, turn in Luke chapter 24, verse number 49. I want to read the remainder of that chapter. We won't stand. You just read with me, please. He said, and behold, this is Luke chapter 24, verse 49. And behold, I send the promise of my father. Now remember that, the promise of my father. Uh, I don't have it uh, underlined or circled, but do one of that. And I'm going to when I get out of the pulpit. I hadn't caught that. He said, I send the promise. What's the promise? The promise of the Spirit of God. Now he said, and behold, I send the promise of my Father upon you. Upon you. Amen. Now we have him now in you, in us. But he had to send it uh, upon him first. And so he came, and there's a difference between him, upon him, upon us, and in us. I probably won't get all that covered tonight. But there's a difference between those two things. You can't do nothing for God without Him upon you. And you can, certainly can't do much for God without Him in you either. Amen. So you got those two things there. We're not going to deal with those. He said, upon you, but tarry. I like that word tarry. It means sit still, wait. That's what it means. Wait upon the Lord. Tarry ye in the city of Jerusalem. Then He said, until ye be endued. Endued. That's another big word there. Endued. With power from on high. I like that word power. And I like where it comes from. On high. And we'll look at that in just a minute. Have you ever thought about that? They, uh, they tell me that sometimes when you see things in the universe, it's so many uh, light years away. And they say some things you're seeing has been traveling ages just about it to get to see. Did you? And I thought, hey, we can get power from on high. In a split second. Yeah. 
That just shows you how vast the universe and how the vast God, more vast God is. And I praise his name. I'm just throwing in that tonight. I'm not going to preach on it. But he said, verse number 50, and he led them out as far as to Bethany. And he lifted up his hands and blessed them. Thank God I like it. I like my blessings. Not only come my power coming from on high, but I like my blessings coming from on high. Amen. And it came to pass, while he blessed them, he was parted from them and carried up into heaven. And they worshipped him and returned to Jerusalem with great joy and were continually, look at that word, continually in the temple, praising and blessing God. Amen. Now that's where he left them. Amen. Praising and, and continually praising and blessing God and uh, all along. So with, with prayer, you find another place. That's what he sent them to do. Now, we want to look at some things and I pray that God might help us. And I pray that the Lord's will might be done. Let's pray. Father, give us divine wisdom tonight. We need the touch of God. We need the spirit of God. We need the hand of God. We need your divine presence here. In the building, God, tonight, as we sit here together in heavenly places, I pray you'd touch our soul, touch our mind, our, our bodies. And God, may we bring glory and honor to your name. Thank you, Lord, for where you put us, how you put us, and, Lord, what you want us to do while we're here. And help us, Lord, to fulfill our, our journey and fulfill our ministry. And, Lord, do what you'd have us to do tonight uh, to please you and get the glory We'll give you the glory for what you're going to accomplish. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Now I want to go back to the book of Matthew for a moment. And I'm going to read the Great Commission. I read it many, many times here. I've preached off of it for ages. But I believe tonight that we have forgotten what it is. Now I want to go back and look at that tonight. And here's the key. This is how the Lord left us. When he left off the, uh, the earth to go to glory, here's his, one of his life's messages, <coughs> excuse me, and life's sermons. And here it is. It's found in Matthew chapter 28. And I'm going to read these four or five verses, and then we'll get into the message. He said, Then the eleven disciples, one's gone, Judas Iscariot hanged himself, went away into Galilee, into a mountain where Jesus had appointed them. And uh, when they saw him, they worshipped him. But notice this, but some doubted. Amen. That reminds me of some church folks we have. We get doubting. Amen. Thomas in the midst of the disciples was what we called doubting Thomas. Right? Don't tell me tonight church folks don't get to doubting. Preachers doubt. Amen. Pastors doubt. And it's hard to keep in touch with God all the time. And if we don't, we doubt. Amen. But I want to be uh, what God wants me to be. And I want God to take down the barriers that keeps me from being what I need to be. Verse 17, and when they saw him, they worshiped him, see. But some doubted. And Jesus came and spake unto them, saying, All power is given unto me in heaven and in earth. We're going to talk about that power in just a minute, you see. And uh, this is the power from on high. And because, but he happens to be here. He's leaving. And he's going to send, send the power back. Verse 19, 
He said, and this is the last part of his message, Go ye therefore and teach all nations. That's our job. Now this is not given to the bartender. This is not given to the governor. This command is not given to the government. This command is not given to the sinner. This uh, command and demand and uh, instruction is given to the church. Now the church is not inexistent here, uh, noticeable yet, but it is in the mind of God and beginning to step forth. We got that together now? We find that the church, and we'll talk about that in a minute, it's, it's, it's here, but it ain't here, complete. It's in, it's, it's in the operation of coming into the world. Verse 19, he said, Go ye therefore again, and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost, teaching them to observe what? How many things? All things. He said, Whatsoever I have commanded you, and lo, I am with you always, even unto the end of the world. Amen. That means he's going to stay with us. He's not going to leave us. Thank God for that great promise. Now, I'm going to make a statement. I've made it here before. I'll make it again. That God, uh, I, I look at it and I see how God's dealt with the nations down through the ages. I'm looking at America. I see how God's dealing with America tonight. And I see how America's on a downhill slide. We all know that. We can look at that pretty easy and can tell that. And uh, we know that I believe America is going to be destroyed at some point in time down the road. But it's not because of the government. It's not because of wickedness per se, although that's got a lot of figuring into it. But it's not completely because. But the main reason is simply because of the fact that sometimes we don't notice is that God's people has not carried out this commission he's put in Matthew 28. We've dropped the ball. Now you say, I don't believe we've dropped the ball. How many of you see getting saved lately? Do you honestly believe tonight that God has changed? Do you think he's less capable of saving tonight than he ever has been? Do you think he's just as able to save now as he did in 1900, 1400, Paul's day, his power, because he said all power, amen, is, he's given unto him, he's got the power, given unto me in heaven and in earth. So he's got the power. God has not changed. God will save any soul that will repent and call upon his name. I believe that. Amen. If I didn't believe it, I'd go home and quit and decide I wouldn't even get into this no more. But I believe it's because God's people have slacked off, shut down, quit, slacked up. They slacked up, and I'll tell you how they slacked up. They slacked up on holiness and godliness and turn to the world. His church is in the world, and there's our churches in the world, and the world is in the churches. You go into every church you want to, and it's not godly 100%, and it's not holy. People are not concerned about holy living today. I'm watching them listen to all these prophetic preachers or telling them everything, and the prophetic preachers do not live clean and holy. Some of them don't. Amen. Some of them do. Thank God for that. 
But they won't. They're not majoring today on how you live. How you walk, how you talk, how you dress, how you, how you live is very important in the average day. We're going to look at that. I remind you of what God said. Amen. And I give God the praise. He give us a charge. He give us a command. He give us demands. And He commands the church to what? Uh, go out. He empowered the church on the day of Pentecost. He commanded the church in the book of Matthew. And then after Pentecost happens, He has been with the church to direct the church. And what did He do? What's He want us to preach uh, Christ and preach and give the commission? Why does He want us to go? To change the world. The only thing tonight that's going to change the world is the Word of God. And the world is not getting the Word of God except through the men of God down at the house of God. I didn't change that. God ordained that. And when we step outside the line and the will of God, brother, we're in trouble. So look at that. We failed. We're failing. And we're going to suffer for it down the road. Because we're just not doing our part. I like the privilege of going out. It's just kind of a strange thing to uh, run into this morning. I got up and I was going to go to my regular Bible class over here at McDonald's and the Lord changed my mind. I went over there yesterday and they got a sign on the door that uh, you can come in. It's, they open at 7, but I was there at 7.30 and the door was locked. I don't know whether they locked me out or not, but uh, I know... Uh, there were some in there and they don't have enough help. So I decided this morning, I'm not going to go back there uh, and check it out. They don't have enough. It's three happened to me in three times. So I said, Lord, where do you want me to go? So I went down to uh, Dairy Queen. So I go down there and see what I can find. And I go down there and get my, ham, my, my, my biscuit and my cup of coffee and I sat down at the table. There's one couple in there. And it was a Beautician, I know for a long time, and she's retired now. And her husband, I didn't know him, but I know her. And uh, I just sit there, and I just said hello, and they said hello, and uh, asked me how I was doing. I said fine, and uh, so we got the conversation. That's about all it was. In a few minutes, here come another man and his wife in. And she drives a school bus, and I've worked with him on a public job over here. And he spoke to me, and I said, how y'all doing? He said, fine. And one of them goes to Stonepile, and the other one goes to the First Baptist Church. So I'm saying to myself, well, amen, I'll just help, help out a little. Okay. And they made a little statement or so, and when I did, they did, the lady said, and she's a school bus driver. And she said, you know what? She said, and I, they're just sitting there talking. I, I don't get in the conversation unless I find the open door. And so they said something about the LGBTQ stuff. And I said, y'all know they're going to put another letter on that, don't you? They said, no, what's it going to be? I said, P. They said, what P stand for? And uh, I said, uh, for the pedophiles. Surely not. That tore them all to pieces. I said, yeah. And down the road, I ain't said this even here. I said, down the road, it's going to be something going to be... B at the end. They already got one B. It'll be bestiality. That's coming, ladies and gentlemen. Down the road. Somebody said, what's bestiality? Well, I hope I uh, can inform you tonight. 
it's uh, sex between humans and animals. That's already going on. Amen. Don't look funny. It's already happening. It just ain't accepted. You said that'll never be accepted. I didn't think what we got now would be accepted. Amen. And so they said, what? And uh, so I got the conversation going. And uh, there we are, and I'm talking about And that lady said, you know what? I'm driving a school bus and said, this year, I've got a boy that wants to be a girl riding my bus in Hollywood. I said, well, I didn't go into the details, and she didn't either. Because I know that's not appropriate. She said, he got me out the other day with a dress on. Going to school. Now I'm saying these things because what I'm telling you is happening. It's not happening out in California. It's happening here in Habersham County. And we're going to see more. And she said, I can't say nothing about it. I can't stop it. And said, the kids can't stop it. Said, I'm on pins and needles. You hear me, ladies and gentlemen? And we're seeing things like that happening. It's going up and down our country. Amen. So, you know, that other fellow looked back and he said, you still printing all that literature? And I said, I sure am. And uh, he said, I'd like to get some of it. I said, all right, I'll get you. So I went to the truck and got it. Took it in. And so I went out. Uh, this fellow comes walking up and he said, Hey, Brother Dills. And I'm saying, Who is he? To myself. I don't remember. I remember faces, but I can't remember names. And he said, The others come out by that time. They was leaving. They come out and he said, uh, uh, I, just, I just have read one of your booklets, brother. And I said, You have? He said, Yeah. And he looked at me and he said, I'm his neighbor. Now I don't know who he is, sure enough. And he said, I read one of your booklets. And I said, I got some more. I'll give you some more. He, read, he, he took a handful. And then they took a handful. And he said, oh, yeah. He said, I appreciate what you, re- what you write. And I said, well, thank God. So I've been trying to figure out who he is all day. I'm going to search my neighborhood out. Amen. So I'm thinking, praise God. What an opportunity. Open door. Another open door. All right. Praise God. And, uh, I, and I looked at him and I said, y'all ever heard about uh, uh, what they're doing? How that they're not going to have gasoline cars? I'm not uh, manufacturing new gasoline cars in California after 2035? And they said, no. I don't know where they live. I mean, in this world. And I know basically where they live in the house. But I'm talking about... What do they hear? What information you get? And they didn't know a whole lot of stuff. But I'm going to say to us tonight, we have messed up. We fail. We're failing. Where's the churches at that people are being saved at right and left? Where's Somebody blames a preacher for it. But the average church, if a sinner comes in, there's not enough power in the church. To even bring conviction on their soul. Hear me. 
All right, look at Acts chapter 1. I want to turn to these things and look at them tonight. And I pray God will help us. I pray God will help you. My job is not here to lowerate, to disturb and tear up and aggravate somebody and make them mad. My job tonight is to inform you of the truth of the Word of God. And I want to let you know where we missed the mark. You missed the mark. I missed the mark. We come short together, all together. I don't know which one of us is less short than the other. Amen. When it comes to the things of God. But I know one thing. We're not having people saved right now. We're griping and grumbling about everything that's taking place in the world and around us. And with each other. We can go around and gossip and talk about everybody. And say things against everybody. While the world is dying and going to hell without God. And we're greasing the board for them. All you ladies ought to be seeking the face of God with all your heart. You ought to stay on your knees in prayer for a nation. That's going to hell. All you men ought to seek the face of God and get in that book and get yourself where you need to be that you might change the world because the world has already changed you. Where we're at tonight, we're not getting it back. We're not going to get it back. But who's supposed to set the standards? The church. You can't trust the courthouse. They'll let them out of jail. They won't won't proceed with the right sentences and so forth. Judgment, the Bible said, must first begin at the house of God. I believe that. Amen. You said, oh, you're all up there. Yeah, I am. I'm living in a nation watching everything crumble under my feet. And I know why we got there now. Amen. I've known it for years, but it's hard to get people to see that. We need physical power. We need spiritual power. But we need more spiritual power than we do physical power. Because if we get the power from on high, God's power from on high will touch these bodies and give us the strength. Amen. I appreciate that too and I know it. Amen. He said, I want you to wait. Who you're endued with power from on high. Now, how do we get that power? We'll talk about that just a little bit. And I pray God might help us. We don't get the power from the Masonic Lodge. We don't get the power from the Catholic Church. We don't get the power from the Baptist Church. We don't get the power from the Pentecostals. We get that power from on high. It's out of this world that we get the power. And I want the power from on high. Amen. The church building is not endued with power. It's the people that are endued with power. It's born again people. People who are saved. Now, I believe we call them sometimes born again believers. Now, I want to ask you this. Are you a believer? You said, oh yeah, I'm a believer. Then I want to ask you a question. What is a believer? You said, well, I'm a believer. That don't tell me nothing. 
Evolutionists are believers. They believe that this world evolved. Amen. Atheists are believers. They believe that there's no God. The Bible said about the devils, the devils even believe and tremble. They do more than church folks. They tremble and believe. Because they know the presence and power of God. Somebody said, preacher, I'm a believer. We'll go home and see how many times the word believer is mentioned in your Bible. Not one time. The word believe, believing, or believest is mentioned over a hundred times in just John's writings. Amen. So what's a believer? Somebody believes. But now, don't ever tell somebody said, I'm a believer. You ain't telling them nothing. Tell them you're a Bible believer. What you're saying then is, I believe that book and that book is right. And I follow that book and that book is real. And that's my lifestyle is that book. You'll never get no power from on high till you get that place. This all makes sense tonight. Oh, I'll tell you what. Yeah, I'm disturbed. I'm disturbed. I want our churches to get on fire. I would to God. We have revival like you've never seen in your life. I would to God preachers would get revived and stirred and moved and move it. Instead of getting into activities and doing things, I'd like to see them get full with the power of God. I was trying to think of... His name's Charles something. Uh, I've read after him for many years. Hadn't read after him in years, but I used to read a, uh, and he he got the power of God. Every preacher that's ever been worth the salt in his bread got that power of God. And I'm not talking about speaking in tongues and all that stuff. That's what some people believe. You ain't got the Holy Ghost. Uh, unless you speak in tongues. I worked on a public job for a long time, and uh, one of the fellows said, have you got the Holy Ghost? I said, I sure have. He said, you speak in tongues? I said, no, sir, can't control the one I got. I don't need another. And he said, well, if you don't speak in tongues, you ain't got the Holy Ghost. And I said, the Bible said, he hath not the Spirit of God is none of his. You're saying I'm lost then. You'd be surprised that people think if you don't speak in tongues, you're lost. If you haven't been baptized, you're lost. They think if you got to do this or that works, you're lost. You said, do you remember when you got saved? I got baptized. I've said this before several times. I got baptized when I was 14. You ever heard them say this? And when you ask them, say, do you know the Lord Jesus? Well, when I was 12, I went forward. Yeah. <laughs> Amen. I, I don't remember going forward. I went to the altar. Yeah. And I don't, I don't speak of my salvation as going forward. I've been going forward ever since. He put me on the right trail. Right. When I was nine, I just thought I ought to go forward. 
And I went to the altar. What did you get saved? I went forward. I got baptized. I joined the church. Multitudes are going to hell. You know that's why today our country is going to, to hell. Is because we have traded heartfelt salvation and got deceived. We've seen that. We've seen that down through the years. Well, what do we do? We gotta get the place that we're gonna get back. You can ask a drunkard. Are you a believer? He said, yeah, I believe. I believe. But he's not believing in Jesus Christ, the Son of God, and the shed blood. Amen. You're going to be surprised one of these days at the little crowd that's not going to go. Or the big crowd that won't make it. Would you turn please to verse 8 of Acts chapter 1. The Bible said, but ye shall receive, what's that big word? Power. Do you have the power? You can have salvation and be saved and not have the power. Uh, how, how, how long has it been since you woke up in the morning and the first thing come to your mind is, Lord, give me somebody to speak to today. Give me the strength to speak to them and give me the Word of God to come to my heart and let me speak to Lord, I desire to speak to somebody today. I want to see somebody saved. I want to see somebody birthed into the family of God. How long has it been since you prayed that? I don't think people, people at the church pray like that anymore. How long has it been since you got down and said, Lord, Endue me with that power. Now listen to me. There will not be another Pentecost. When I was a young preacher, started off preaching 50 years ago, I said, and I say it a lot of times, but it didn't take me long to find out I was wrong. I said, what this world needs today is another Pentecost. I said that several times, Brother Bill. And I'd been around... The uh, charismatics, and that's stuff they teach. But a preacher one time preaching, I don't even remember who it was, but he said, there will never be another Pentecost. He said, because there's enough power come down on the day of Pentecost to take us through this thing. That's right. And I agree with him because I begin to study the Word of God. So you, you say, well, what are you, what are you praying for? I'm praying for the power of God upon me. You can't preach without the power. You can't witness without the power. You can't pray without the power. You can't teach without the power. And that goes for everybody in this building. We can't be a witness for God without the power. Back up something that's come to my mind. Here's what God wants you to do. He wants you to be a witness. But ye shall receive power after the Holy Ghost has come upon you, and ye shall be witnesses 
unto me. Unto him. I'm not trying to witness and tell people to witness to them. I'm witnessing for him. That's what he said. Witnesses unto me. I want to be a witness unto Christ. And the only way you can do that is number one, know that you are his. And number two is to have that power of God upon you. I'm not looking for another blessing. I'm not looking for a baptism of this. When I got saved, I got baptized into one body by one spirit. But I am looking for that power of God. The power of God, these disciples did not preach in the power of God until the day of Pentecost. They preached with the Spirit upon them. But they didn't preach with the power until the day of Pentecost. And Peter rose up and preached. Now, I don't know how long that little sermon was. You can read it there in the a third or second chapter of Acts. But at the end of it, when he got through, what was it? 3,000 souls got saved. It takes power from God to save souls. I don't have a character. I don't have a, a what do you call that, a, a personality to win men. And brother, I'll tell you what, Peter, he was a, he was a fighter. He's a liar. Amen. A cusser. But on the day of Pentecost, when the Holy Ghost got a hold of him, he preached, and they said, he's a drunk man. And he said, I ain't been here long enough up this, I ain't been uh, up long enough to gotten drunk yet. And he got that new wine from glory, that power from on high. I think I'm preaching over the head of some of you tonight because we don't we come to the place to realize that we can do this thing without God. We know how to start a service. We know how to stop a service. We know how to start a sermon. We know how to end a sermon. We know how we don't pay much attention, and we're not praying while the preachers pray or preaching. We're we're not asking God. Oh God, uh, send the Holy Ghost around here to convict people. Did you know people can't get saved without the Holy Ghost of God? A lot of them claimed to have. A lot of them went forward. Some of them professed. But that salvation comes from the power from on high. That salvation comes from God. He wants us to be witnesses. He not only wants us to be witnesses, but He wants us to be workers. God wants us to be busy about the Father's business. Amen. You don't see too many Christians in this modern day trying to tell people about Jesus. You can't knock on doors like you used to. I realize that. You can't do that much. You can't get out in the public much. Amen. Because of fear. I got to where I don't worry about it. But I'm telling you, if i have done that, I'd never get to talk to nobody. I'd rather, I'd rather witness to somebody today and win them to God or win somebody tomorrow to God. And if I had died before the week is out with COVID, I'd say, hallelujah, I got another in for a left. Instead of sitting over there chewing my fingernails. I'm not one of them chews fingernails. Look there. My boys said, yeah, look at that. I told them, when I die, 
I get in the casket and you're viewing me. I said, I'm going to tell that undertaker one of these days before I die, put me up, put my fingers up like this, put my thumbnails out there. And then boy said, I will get them cut. Probably will. Reason I'm saying that is, I'm not going to check your hands tonight. Some people chew them off. They're down to the bone. Down to, well, I guess it's not bone, to the quick. Amen. I ain't nervous. I, 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 I'm, I just like them. And I'm not talking about painting them either. I cut them every once in a while. But I do a lot of help. It helps me turn my pages in my Bible. Amen. Can you imagine you can't do too much page turning when you done cut all your fingernails down to the quick with your teeth? Amen. You ought to go get you some chicken, chew on them bones or something. Amen. I'm telling you. I'm saying tonight, I look at these things. I'm not worried about things. I just want to win more to God. I mean that with all my heart. So God wants us to be a worker. He wants us to be busy. You know what a worker is? Let me tell you what. I'm watching the nation and the country go to the dogs. I stand in a place of busy. I do this just about every time I go. They ain't hardly a business that I know of in town around here, and I guess it's that way everywhere else, you can't find enough help. Amen. They don't have enough help. And they'll say, well, we're doing the best we can with what help we got. Amen. But I've been doing that for 50 years. I don't know what they're getting upset about. Amen. Understand? It's hard to find workers. You, There's no sense for America to have a have any have any unemployment in these days. These people that could work, it won't work. I don't know why. I said, how in the world are they living? They're not working, but they eating. My Bible said, if you don't work, you don't eat. I believed that a long time ago. I'm still working. I reckon somebody's got to work to feed the ones that don't. And you know tonight, we're in a bad shape. The Bible said a man won't provide for his household worse than an infidel. You know what our country's full of now, don't you? Preloaders. I don't know, somewhere you can't spend the money our country's spending to help people ain't got it and won't get it because it won't work. God wants us to be workers. You know, He wants us to be workers. He, we, we are His workmanship. He wants to use us. God wants to glorify His name in me and you. When I go outside, God wants me to exemplify the Word of God in Christ in my heart and life that they might know that there's a Christ. I just see some of you now out in a piece of, uh, out in, I started to say piece of 
property, but I'm talking about in a, in a public place. And if somebody walked up to you and said, are you born again? You kind of melt down like, I noticed that today. They were speaking today to me. And when they started talking about that LGBT, there wasn't nobody else in there but that couple, them two couples and me. But when that woman was talking about that, she was looking around like this right here. Afraid she's going to get caught saying something. Yeah. She said, do you look around? I didn't know. I'm wishing some more would come in. I'd like to tell them. Amen. God wants us to be His. He, we are His women. He also wants us to be watchmen. We're to sit on the wall and watch for people. That's what we need to do. And if we warn them and they don't hear us, we won't have their blood on our hands. But if we warn them and they hear us, Amen. That'll be a blessing, won't it? We warn them and and they don't hear us, their blood won't be on our hands. But if we don't tell them, their blood will be on our hands. They got crossed up there. The Holy Spirit showed me. All right? We are watchmen. So appreciate it. What we do, Acts chapter 114, these all continue with one act, one accord in prayer and supplication with the women and Mary, the mother of Jesus, and with his brethren. Well, how are we going to get this power from on high? We're going to have to Pray and have supplication. Now prayer, that didn't say with one accord in prayerettes. It said, it didn't even say accord in prayers. It said one accord in prayer. That means you keep praying till the light shines through. Supplications is agonizing in prayer. And supplication, brother, is getting the job done. Amen. And that means on Sunday morning you come to church and say, Praise God, I prayed ten hours last week. Why, you rascal. The Bible said pray in secret and God would open or reward you openly. Amen. So we've got to have some surrender. We've got to have some dedication. We've got to have some prayer. And we've got to have some sanctification. Now, I realize today, and I'm cutting that short, I'm realizing right now that's some things we don't want to do. Those are the hard things. I'll guarantee your life would be different if you surrendered 100% to the Lord, if you dedicated your life completely to the Lord, and if you got sanctified and come apart from the world and prayed constantly and praying without ceasing. Amen. Your life would be changed. Amen. Heads bowed. I could just stay a while there. Just got down to the crunch of it and we quit. Amen. But I do pray that we'll listen to the Lord as He speaks to us. Come on, Miss Bonnie. Amen. We want to let the Lord do some speaking to our heart. Now, ladies and gentlemen, I preach to you with a burdened heart and troubled heart tonight. I'm concerned about a world that I'm seeing filter down through my life and change my entire I'm not concerned so much about it for me I've done raise my children I've done live my life 
but I've got children and grandchildren and great-grandchildren that's going to have to contend and put up with what I know is happening and going on. And we need to have a crop of God's people raise up tonight that's going to become soul winners and blessings. Let's stand, please. I'm appealing to you tonight to make your life count. This world is not our home. We're passing through. And what you do for the Lord down here is what you're going to be rewarded for on the other side. And God's people ain't concerned enough about God's work to get involved. It needs to change. I can do more. You can do more. I ought to do more and you ought to do more. Are we going to decide tonight to do it or not? Oh, God help us. Amen.